You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello. Uh, If you haven't figured it out already, uh, my name is Gene Curl, and I am the host of Recovering Faith Podcast. This is episode 70, and this episode I am going to discuss uh, some telltale signs of being in a cult. When you're in a cult, it's not always easy to know you're in a cult, because of course if you knew it was a cult, you wouldn't be in the cult. So... When most people think of cults, they mistakenly think it's a thing of the past, the 60s and the 70s. But make no mistake, there are many cults that are alive and well today, causing unmeasurable harm to those who have fallen victim to their lies. The thing about cults is that you never know you are joining a cult when you're joining it. And for people who are raised in a cult, then it's all they've ever known. And of course, cult leaders always say that anyone who says their cult or their religion is a cult is persecuting them. Cults have a strong persecution complex, which is something I'll talk about more in detail shortly. Have you ever asked yourself whether or not you're in a cult? Well, I'll make it extremely simple for you. If you have to ask whether or not your religion is a cult, then it almost certainly is. If pretty much everybody outside of your religion tells you that your religion is a cult, it's probably a cult. There are some fairly universal things that all cults do, and in an internet search for what makes a cult, you'll come up with hundreds of versions of the same basic list. Though not all cults hit every one of them, If your religion or the religion of someone you care about fits in with several of the items, then it's time to get out or to get your loved ones out. Most cult leaders come from a Christian background, and many of them even started out teaching correct biblical principles. However, they get to the point where power is more important to them than God, and they twist and distort God's word in dangerous and blasphemous ways to gain control over their congregation. Cults are often, but not always, physically dangerous. But even the cults that are not dangerous physically can do immense spiritual damage. And if their heresy is believed, then it can even lead people to hell. Every cult has a person or small group of people who have ultimate power that you are not allowed to question. Most cults never get a lot of traction But a few cults have managed to survive long-term and have entrapped many generations. There are many cults that most of us don't know about because they only make the news when they start breaking the laws. But there are also a few major cults that have almost gained popular acceptance, such as Mormonism, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Scientology. If... If I have mentioned your religion 
Please let me make a case for what a cult is before you assume that I'm persecuting your religion and have refused to listen to the rest of what I say. And if you doubt what I say, go just uh, Google what is a cult and compare it to your beliefs or the beliefs of your church, your religion. As I already mentioned, most cults are started by people who were raised Christian. And a lot of them look outwardly Christian because they say a lot of Christian-sounding things. But if careful attention is paid to the doctrines, it becomes apparent that they are not Christian at all and differ quite dramatically from traditional Christianity and from the Bible. And a pseudo-Christian cult will always claim that they are the only true church and that they are the only one to offer true salvation. The Bible, however, teaches that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he alone is all we need to get to heaven, and no man and no set of rules can or will ever save us. One reason that I'm always trying to save people from cults is because I've been involved in two cults, one that my father started. You can hear that motorcycle going by. Sorry about that. Um, I was in two cults, one that uh, my father started and one that was started by Joseph Smith. If you are coming from a cult, it's a lot easier to fall victim to another cult or to become atheist, both of which I have fallen victim to. And I hope to save others the pain that I went through. My father was an ordained Baptist minister, though his doctrine was not even remotely Baptist and was not in line with the Bible. When I realized my father was lying to me and everyone else, I stopped believing in him. And about that time, I met some extremely nice but confused people who belonged to Mormonism. And they were, about, and they were able to convince me that their church was the only true church. Since I had been part of two faiths that claimed to offer the only, true, the only truth, once I realized that Mormonism wasn't true, I lost all faith for a while. And if you're interested in either my experiences with my father or why I joined or left Mormonism or why I became an atheist and how God reclaimed me, I spoke about all that in great detail in my earlier blog posts and podcast episodes, which you can find on my website. And if you're listening from iTunes, if you didn't find this from my website, uh, I have a link to my website on the iTunes or Google Play, but otherwise you can just go to genecurl.com and uh, you'll find all of my past episodes. My list of common traits of cults is not all-inclusive, but if your religion hits on several of these, then your warning bell should go off. And if you don't believe me, please do yourself a favor and investigate what the experts say about cults, both the religious and non-religious experts. First, I will start off with what the dictionary defines a cult as which is a system of religion, veneration, or devotion directed to a particular figure or object. Two, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. And by the way, the Mormons uh, call them, the Mormons own that definition. They don't say they're a cult, but they call themselves a peculiar people. And uh, number three a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. The most insidious and dastardly mark of a cult 
is they ignore, deny, ridicule, or change the divinity of Jesus. To some degree or another, all cults will deny the deity of Jesus by saying that he was not actually God, that he was not born a virgin birth, or something else like that. Uh, some cults say that the eternal God used to be a man who lived on another planet, and that through obedience to his God, that he earned the right to be God himself, and to start his own universe where those who follow him can eventually be gods as well, following his example. Such teachings will eventually leave a person unsaved and spending eternity in hell. A truly horrendous fate indeed. In order to get people to believe in their heresy, all cults will in some way and to some degree change the Bible or outright claim that it is corrupted and can't be trusted on its own merits. Some cults remove verses from the Bible that doesn't apply to or that doesn't support their doctrines and uh, actually Jehovah's Witness Bible if you ever look it at they have some verses removed and they don't even have the hide the fact they removed them they'll go like tw verse 25 26 dash 28 and uh, there are also some cults that they have their own quote unquote inspired translations that are not supported by any reputable Bible scholar, such as the Joseph Smith's translation. Some cults claim that the Bible was altered through the course of history and no longer contains the essential elements of salvation as a way to justify their doctrines that are either not in the Bible or are contradictory to the Bible. Pseudo-Christian cults often try to claim they believe in the Bible while at the same time saying that the Bible is not reliable, and one such example is Mormons, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, when they say that they believe in the Bible, but in the Book of Mormon, the book upon which the entire church's reputation rests, says that what they actually think of the Bible. It says, And after they, meaning the Scriptures, go forth by the hand of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, from the Jews unto the Gentile, Thou seest the formation of that great and abominable church, which is abominable above all other churches. For behold, they have taken away the gospel of the Lamb. They've taken away from the gospel of the Lamb many parts which are plain and most precious, and also many converts of the Lord have they taken away. First Nephi 13.26 And that's not the only verse. That, that whole section of, of First Nephi talks in great detail about how they think all other churches are church of the devil and that the bible was corrupted and you can't actually believe it and that it'll lead people away if you read it and so forth and so on the actual teaching in the mormon church is that the bible was originally the word of god but that it was corrupted and many essential doctrines were removed and heresies were added but the evidence does not support that in any way and scholars are confident that the bible that what the bible says today is what it said when it was originally written. And a book that I would highly recommend you reading if you have doubts about whether or not the Bible is accurate, it's called Can We Still Read the Bible? And, or sorry, Can We Still Trust the Bible? And I will put a link to that in the show notes. The Bible clearly teaches that faith in Christ plus nothing equals salvation. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for it is through grace that you have been saved, through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
There are many religions that outwardly appear to be Christian, but teach that we have to work for our salvation, which suggests that Jesus does not have the power to save us without the aid of our works, and that his sacrifice was not sufficient on its own. Faith plus anything else is heresy. Cults try to teach that we need something else other than just Jesus to be saved, uh, and that's not a new phenomenon. And Paul spoke about it many times in his sermons, and he said that he was alarmed by the people teaching a distorted gospel and said, uh, saying that we should earn grace, or that we had to. He said, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, I say again now, if any man is preaching a gospel contrary to that which we have, which you have received, let him be accursed. Galatians 1, 6-9. Paul says explicitly that any person who is preaching a gospel that is contrary to the Bible, we, uh, that teaching that gospel will send a person to hell. He says that way accursed. True Christian leaders are humble, but cult leaders will always claim to be superior to their followers in some way, such as being a prophet. Cult leaders will always try to build themselves up, will say the Bible prophesies of them, and um, if they teach the Bible at all, they'll say that it talks of them, and they will often refuse to take fault for failure, but will blame it on their followers or the outside world. Contrast that to the way the Bible says leaders should be. In 1 Timothy 3, 1-4, Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. All cults will try to exercise control over their members, including many mundane elements of their lives, because the more they can control you, the more power they have, and cults are all uh, cults and their leaders are ultimately motivated by power. Now, I'm not saying that any religion that has rules is a cult, far from it. And I'm certainly not saying that Judaism is a cult for having rules on food or that mainstream Christian churches that teach you should not dress in a provocative manner are cults. But any rules that are not biblical or that impose unnecessary control over minor aspects of life are signs of a cult. Many cults have specific rules to make their members rely on the church, such as saying that you can only reach the highest level of heaven if you wear special underwear that you can only buy from them, for instance, or rules that are intrusive on people's everyday private lives. If every aspect of your life, or even most aspects, is determined by your religious leaders, then you're in a cult. Cult leaders will typically uh, consider themselves to be above the rules or they will have special privileges not granted to their followers. There have been many cult leaders such as Jim Jones, David Koresh, 
and Joseph Smith, who claimed to have divine authority to take him another man's daughter or even his wife as his wife, even if he already has a wife. If your leader says that your wife or daughter is supposed to be his wife, or if he tells you that you are to leave your husband or that you are to be uh, one of his wives, then you can be absolutely positively sure that you're in a cult. All cult leaders will have some claim to divinity, such as saying that they are a prophet, or that they've seen God, or that they've received a special revelation from God, and that they've seen and conversed with angels, that they, uh, that they were spoken of in the Bible, or all of the above. Some cult leaders will even come up with their own set of scripture or divine revelations in order to control their followers, and such scriptures will always disagree with the Bible or teach doctrine that is not in the Bible, which is another reason why they will try to minimize or denigrate the Bible. Many cult leaders will not only claim to be a prophet, but will claim to be divine themselves, and will say that they are God, or that they will say that they have done more for your salvation than anyone else has other than Jesus. My father claimed to have been visited by Jesus and given a divine mission. David Koresh claimed to be the reincarnated, uh, reincarnation of Jesus, and Joseph Smith claimed to have been visited by God and called to be the greatest prophet to ever live, greater than Moses, greater than Abraham, Abraham, and even greater than John the Baptist, who Jesus himself said was the greatest man to ever be born. Any claim to divinity is suspect at best and outright heretical at worst. In the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it warns us of false prophets, and even Jesus himself warned us of false prophets. In the time of Jeremiah, there were many false prophets, and God said to Jeremiah about them, I did not send these prophets, yet they ran with a message. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. I have heard what the prophets who prophesize a lie in my name have said. I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the minds of the prophets prophesying lies, prophets of deceit of their own minds? Jeremiah 23:21 and 25-26. Jesus often warned of false prophets, and he said in Matthew 7:15-20, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but outwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Taking another man's wife, telling a teenage girl that her and her family would not be saved unless they married the prophet, Helamar Campbell, and teaching that you must give over your property to the church, is bad fruits. Also, if even one of the prophet's prophecies are as false, then they're a false prophet. So if a prophet says that the end of the world will happen on a specific day and orders his followers to consecrate their property to the church, such as Harold Camping, or if they prophesy that the U.S. government will fall if they don't redress the wrongs done to the church, such as Joseph Smith said, and they don't come to pass, then, which they obviously didn't, then they're a false prophet. While God wants us to love him more than we love all the things of the world combined, he will never force us to give up our property as he values individual freedom. If we love the world more than God, then he will allow us to make that choice and have it instead of him. But giving up property does not earn us a spot in heaven, and it is not asked for or required. 
We just have to love God more than our stuff. Many cults require that their members consecrate their individual property to the religion, sometimes in an effort to enforce communal living, such as the LDS Church did in its early days, and sometimes out of outright greed, such as Harold Kemping. But if your religion asks you to give your property to the church because the world is coming to an end, or if they make you promise in a secret ceremony they say is essential for your salvation that you have to consecrate or at least be willing to consecrate all you possess or all you may possess, including your very life if required, you can be certain that you are in fact in a cult. As I mentioned earlier, cults always have a strong persecution complex. And when they do something that makes the outsiders not like them, such as make an illegal bank that failed and devastated its shareholders and members, openly oppose the laws of the country, or claim that God gave them an entire state as their new Jerusalem, and refer to the uh, current inhabitants of the state as their enemy or as infidels, um, and then they are challenged for, their, for what they do, it confirms their claim in their own minds and that, yeah, that what the leaders have told them is true and that they're being persecuted. Cults wants their members to believe that they are the only ones who are correct and that the world is against them because it helps to keep the members loyal and thinking that they're doing the right thing. And whenever anyone inevitably challenges their beliefs, they can easily write it off as yet more persecution. Cults will often convince their members that any information from the outside is lies designed to get people out of the faith, and usually they will say that such information is inspired by the devil. Most cults have their members afraid to read anything about religion from the outside, especially if it contradicts their faith in any way. If your religion teaches or implies that everyone, including other faiths, is out to get them or to get you, or that they're out to just destroy them, then you're probably in a cult. As a way to get people to join and remain in their religion, cults will claim to be the only true religion, because if they are the only way to go to heaven or to avoid going to hell, then people will do whatever they're asked to do even if it makes them uncomfortable or even if it's painful. If you were to study the doctrines of any cult, large or small, they will all say that they are the only way to be saved or to be exalted, or whatever the highest ultimate status is that they claim. And they will say that unless you follow all of their rules, you will wind up in hell and that there are no alternatives, that they are the only ones that's true. If your religion claims that they are the only one who has all the truth, or that they are the only one to be able to offer salvation, especially if it is through rituals and work, then they are a cult. A lot of Christian religions disagree on issues that are not essential for salvation, such as whether or not men should have long hair, whether or not alcohol or dancing is allowed, but on matters of salvation, true Christianity is agreed because they use the Bible as the ultimate guide. And on matters of salvation, the Bible is absolutely clear. Cults are big on secrets, and many of them have secret rituals, handshakes, and ordinances that they claim are essential for salvation and that the members are not allowed to talk about with outsiders. 
and sometimes they are not even allowed to talk about them amongst themselves. Whenever a religion has secrets, especially if they are secrets that are supposedly important for salvation, remember what Jesus said. I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues or the temples where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. John 18.20 Most, if not all, cults are always trying to bring new members in through proselytizing efforts such as going door to door, and they often tell their followers that missionary work is the greatest and highest calling that they can do and that they will be richly rewarded in heaven for their efforts. It is also of note that most cults do not support their missionaries and instead require them to support themselves financially. If you're not sure whether or not you're on a cult, try asking your church for an in-depth report of their financial spendings that shows where every dollar goes. And if they refuse to show that information to you, you may be in a cult. Some churches will talk about how much money they give to charity, etc., but they will outright refuse to be completely open about where the money comes from and where it goes. In the church I attend, we have a quarterly meeting where they go through the details of the budget and they tell the members of the congregation where every cent was spent. Now, there are some things that they don't uh, quite tell you. Like they'll say that they gave X number of dollars to help uh, people with financial difficulties, but they won't tell you which people because that, of course, would uh, cause embarrassment for the people that were helped. But they will say this amount of money was spent on helping people uh, to pay their rent, and this amount was paid to pay the staff, and this amount was to pay our, to pay for a building, and this amount was to pay for our children's program, and this amount we've saved, and you know so forth and so on. And they tell you the penny, how much the church spent, where it came from, all that stuff. And but calls will never be open with you about their money. And speaking of money, if your religion requires you to give a specific amount of money to the religion, especially if they make you prove that you are giving a specific amount of money, and if they say that your salvation or your standing in the church is uh, conditioned upon that money, then you can be relatively certain that you're in a cult. And you can be absolutely certain that even if it is not a cult, that their money practices are not in line with the Bible. The Bible says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.6 If your religion is telling you that in order to be right with God that you have to give a specific amount of money to organization, then you are compelled to give, and that is not biblical. Uh, if you know anything about prison chain gangs, you may be wondering why they were chain gangs in the first place, and you also may be wondering why I'm talking about chain gangs. But the reason that prisons had chain gangs is that people are more easily to control and to keep an eye on if you're keeping them busy and making them work. Cults keep their members busy for the same reason, control and they often require unreasonable amounts of time commitments to the faith, often giving assignments and making you feel as if refused the, that if you refuse the assignment, that it would be the same as refusing a command from God. The assignments may not always be actual work, 
Some of them may just be rituals or ordinances, but most cults will do all they can to keep their followers busy and engaged in the faith. It's a lot easier to control people when they believe what you're telling them, so cults don't want their followers to examine their claims all that closely. But cults, uh, cults don't want their followers to question their authority or their doctrine. And it's common for cult leaders to, follow, uh, to tell their followers not to study the faith's history or their doctrine beyond what they are told to study. And they're urged, if not outright forbidden, to not read anything about the faith from outside sources. Leaders often say things such as, If you want to know about Chevy, you wouldn't go to Ford for the information. It's better to get the information straight from the source. The problem with that argument, however, is that many people and companies put out misleading or false information that is self-aggrandizing or that hides the more unflattering parts of their practices, including illegal things. Sure, it may not be best to ask Ford about the quality of a Chevy, but it would be wise to consult with people who have driven Chevy and uh, to consult with consumer research companies. And you certainly would want to say what the Federal Transportation Department has to say about their safety. Dallin H. Oaks, who is believed to be an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said, It is wrong to criticize leaders of the church, even if the criticism is true. And he said that at a fireside at the Salt Lake Tabernacle, May 4, 1986. A lot of cults teach that it is sinful to question our leaders, and that anything the leader or leaders say is the same as if God himself had said it. But that is not true, and you should always question, especially if what they are claiming does not appear to be in line with the Bible. And if you feel the need to defend your leaders, then you are probably in a cult. Cults will say that anyone who leaves the group and speaks out against it is just bitter, dishonest, and evil, and they tell their members not to listen to anything said by those who leave, and they urge them not to associate with them. Those who leave cults are often referred to as apostates, and the faithful followers are told not to associate with them, and they are often shunned by those who are still believers. The best way, uh, now at this point I'm going to end with talking about a little bit about how we can avoid being uh, falling victim to a cult. And I think the best, absolute best way to avoid falling victim to a cult is to study the Bible. Don't just take anyone else's word for it. Actually read the Bible and take it for, uh, take it for what it says, not based on somebody's interpretation. Just read the Bible for what it says and take it at its own word and its own merits. And then, uh, since the Bible is the Word of God, if we actually read, read it and uh, compare the doctrines and practices of the religions based on it, we won't go astray or believe heresy. Thanks for listening, and God bless. And I'm really I'm working on it right now, and so hopefully next episode is going to be about the first prophet and founder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Joseph Smith. And so I'm going to try to, that. I've been working that one, on that one for a couple weeks, and so hopefully that one will be next week's episode. But again, thanks for listening, 
And if you got anything out of this, or if you know somebody who might be in a cult, uh, share this with them. Again, thanks for listening, and have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.